Well, to God be the glory. I walked in the Shands this morning and uh, the drive over, I just began to sing to the Lord and the angels and I, we were having a good time. And I'm so glad I don't have to do that in front of y'all because y'all would laugh at me, but I get to sing to my father any kind of way I want to. And uh, I was just so happy that Miss Vicky wasn't there because some of the songs I was singing, I was just mixing up the words and I even plugged in new words. <laughs> and so he said, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And you know, I was doing my best to glorify our father in heaven. But anyway, I walked into Shans this morning and I was just so thankful that I was born on a Tuesday, 56 years ago in Shands, and having to go back on my birthday to the place where I was born. I, I thought that was pretty sweet of the Lord allowing me to do that. And then I got this one crazy idea, and wait a minute, Lord, why am I here? You birthed me here, are you getting ready to take me from here? <laughs> it's just, I was being a little giddy. But uh, anyway, God, God is at work. You all are growing so wonderful before God. I, I can't tell you how much every one of you have grown before God. And, and that tells you that when God's children grow, you are absolutely the meaning, the true meaning of disciples. The word disciple means learner. It can even be translated as student. And we are lifelong students of our rabbi, Jesus Christ. And I think he's pleased with what you all are doing. And today, even though we're in a familiar text, and we're going to be praying for some issues here in a moment, Miss Marie, Brother Amelia, a couple other folks. And now we're going to watch the power of God do something in Jesus. Okay? I want you to learn this for a moment. When the synagogue official came to Lord Jesus and asked him to heal his child, Lord Jesus wasn't there. I also want to remind you too that the Roman centurion from Capernaum asked Lord Jesus to heal his servant who was near death. Lord Jesus didn't go there either. In fact, this Roman centurion said to speak the word because I'm not a man worthy of you to come under my roof. But I'm a man of authority, and I say to this one, go, and he goes and tell this one, do, and he do. And basically what he was saying to Lord Jesus, all you got to do is speak the word, say it, and it's going to happen. Just like God spoke creation. Yeah. But he didn't know he was standing there talking to the author of creation, the, the, the designer and the builder of creation. He didn't know that. Because Paul and John both, by revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit, tells you and I that it is Jesus who's created all things. Jesus, the Son of God, is the creator of the universe. And so, Brother Amelia's not here. 
Lord Jesus is not here. He won't be with you in the office tomorrow, that doctor's office, but his spirit will be. And his spirit is with you and he's with Brother Amelia. Jesus is on the throne with God. And all he has to do is speak the word. And God will take care of this. Amen? Amen. And it's like those demons that's hounding this young lady. But let me tell you something. The gates of hell, when it's about to lose one of its own, don't like to let go. And will do everything it can to keep that person from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the beauty about it all. You want to know what the beauty is? Lord Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. But what does that mean for you and I today? That means when God's Spirit pulls that person, and that word draws is reminiscent of a soldier taking a, a sword out of a sheet. I mean, to pull it out. And it takes some force at times to pull those swords out of that sheath because it sharpens it as it pulls it out. Imagine God pulling you by the Spirit to His Son, Jesus. So, can't no devil stop God Amen. from bringing that person to Jesus. Whew, yeah, that's awesome. Okay? And just be encouraged. Tonight, or this evening, what we're about to do with the scriptures, if you notice, there's a different text up on the screen when you see it. Uh, soon the operator could stay still. <laughs> Um, today we're going to be looking at the complete Jewish Bible. I didn't pull out the Orthodox Jewish Bible because it has Hebrew written out in English form in many places. So it probably would have just been a little bit too uh, complicated for us today to do that. But in this settings, what we're going to be looking at Paul's portion of Paul's letter, uh, first, I mean, Second Corinthians chapter six. And what's laid out in this chapter, you're going to see and distinguish, and I want you to make notes of this, from what you see today is a clear evidence if people are saved, truly saved. And we may even go over into John chapter 15. This Jewish, Jewish, these are Jews who translated this into English. So it's written out from a Jewish perspective. Okay? All right. Pray for Brother Amelia, please. Clinton. Miss um, Vicki, will you pray for Miss Marie's tomorrow? That the Lord will heal Chrissy. Will you pray for Christine? That's her name. That the Satan is trying to stop from coming. Okay. What happened to her today? She got in a car accident. Another accident? No, she wasn't in another one. This was before it was a the car had broke down. We'll discuss that. Shelly, will you pray and ask God? to do amazing things here tonight in study. 
And the night of which the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA Finals, and I, you know I'm not an advocate of talking about sports during church. I, I, I'm not promoting sports in any kind of way. But that night I had a dream that I went to LeBron's and told him about this, this ministry here. And he said, yeah, I, I heard about it. My brother went there. And I said to him, so we need your help. And we need you to go to your friends and solicit help from them. And as I was walking away, he says to me, what $10 million do? And they're going, yes. And he took my information. And what was so weird, he took all of my contact information. No, he gave me his. That's what it was. And when, Lord, I got it backwards. I gave him all the information he needed to make it happen. But when I went to write our address and stuff to make sure he had it, the pen would stop writing. And each time I tried to write the address, even with a new pen, the ink would disappear. Is that this address? Mm-hmm. It would disappear. But he said he had it. And I said, okay. Most unusual dream, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But God is able to do the impossible. impossible. There you go. Y'all some tired folks today. I know. <laughs> That's right. Max is the only one alive right now. <laughs> Lively. <laughs> we ate a lot. Okay. Benjamin, will you begin prayer meeting, please? Samuel, can you pray with us? Go ahead. Father, I'd like to thank you, first of all, for everybody being here today. Um, and I'd like to ask you to help the ones that couldn't be here today. I'd like to pray for Brother Emilio and that you touch his, touch his heart and heal him in whatever way he needs healed. Um, and I'd like that you help um, um, Greg, Greg Mallard, the one who lives by me. He, he wanted to come to church today, and every time he comes to church, he says he feels bad, and he got to go home. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, Miss Bird. Your turn, Miss Marie. Oh. <laughs> I'm thankful to be here today. Um, I didn't feel good when I went home and I fell asleep, <clears throat> which I never do. And then I woke up and I said, oh, I gotta go get ready for church for, for Bible class. Are you ready to pray? You, you remember what you're supposed to be praying for? Yes, I'm praying for. Oh, I want to tell you, my sister went today with my younger sister, and she bought a lot at the cemetery, and 
she's getting ready to die, so she's getting prepared for everything. Okay. But anyway, there's nothing we can do for her. The hospital can't do anything. They're not going to take a chance to operate or nothing. Nobody wants to touch her, not even Boston. So anyway, I'm praying that she stays alive for a while. Uh, I want to pray for Amelia and everybody in here. I wish everybody the best. Um, I hope our children behave themselves for now on. <laughs> and I hope God guides these kids. Because they certainly need guidance. We have a few little flyers, and I hope they grow up one of these days and stop lying. But anyway, Lord, we love you, and I'd like you to bless everybody in here tonight, and especially our Pastor Sammy. And I want him to have a church pretty soon. And I kind of like the antique show. And it's got park parking, and it looks like a little church to me if you put a cross on it. I want Sammy to have a church pretty soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we lift up Marie. Yes, Lord. She's going to the uh, doctor tomorrow for her heart. And as those doctors come in and, and look at her, let them look at her with the, the way you would look at her, Father. Give them an accurate way. Let all their medical knowledge be working for accuracy in what her heart needs. And... And Father, I ask that you would give Marie, turn on her spiritual ears to hear what the doctor says with, the, with your words resounding in her ear. When the doctor tells her one thing, let your, your words back up what he's saying so that she can fight this and rise above it in the spiritual realm. The natural realm is one thing, but the spiritual realm, your realm, is stronger. Give her the wisdom that she needs to be able to temper those words and know exactly what she should be doing on her end to help her body, the body that you gave her. Give her the direction you want her to go with her life. Give her the special gifting that she has and bring that forward if you haven't already and you know she's already got a lot of gifts but in father in the name of jesus for someone to overcome any kind of physical ailment they have to have a direction to go and a reason to go forward and she's got plenty of reasons but if there's anything that hasn't been revealed to her yet reveal it to her father and i just speak that her heart is lined up with the Word yes, of God Lord. that you've already taken this illness on the cross you've paid for it and that 
in the name of Jesus, she can walk in perfect health. She yes, already Lord. is in perfect health. Thank we you, Lord Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Fall in line with the Word of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Most gracious and heavenly Father. God, I thank you for giving Father, we come to you now in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord God, there's no one like you. We're reminded of what your word tells us through the mouth of your servant, Jehoshaphat, that are you not God in heaven? And are you not our God? And you rule over all the kingdoms of the earth? And who's able to counsel you, O God? Who? Who is like unto the Lord? And Father, you are awesome in all of your ways, and you are amazing. And you alone stand worthy of our praise, and worthy is the Lamb, your precious Son, Jesus, our Lord, who you sent to down the cross for our sins, and having raised him from the dead by the power of your Holy Spirit and seated him at your right hand and having given him a name more excellent than that of the angels and you're seated him at your right hand until you make his enemy his footstool. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow 
and every tongue shall confess of those in heaven, those on earth, and those in the earth, that Jesus is Christ, and he's Lord to the glory of God the Father. We thank you, Lord, for the answer of prayers and the touch and agree tonight. Everything that was said, every petition that was laid before you, Lord God, at your throne of grace, we're giving you glory, we're giving you honor. And it's for the glory of your son, Jesus, Lord. We ask now, Lord, let the testimonies flow. Let them be real in the eyes of unbelievers so that they can look and see this and that occurred to your children but you brought us through every last one of them, Lord. And every one of us here are a living testimony before you that how you at some shape, form, or fashion intervened, Lord, and made things different in our lives along this journey. And Lord Jesus, you are the greatest testimony we have that God raised you from the dead and that you're the only way in which men can be saved. And because truly you are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one come to God the Father except through you. And today, Lord, every, every prayer request is now no longer a request, but it's a testimony. And we thank you for that faith. We ask in our Holy Spirit that you open our hearts and our minds to learn the living word of God tonight. Lord Jesus, be magnified in our minds and in our hearts and let our spirit be shouting for joy as you, Lord, is, is brought forth and glorified in your holy word. We love you and we're asking you, Jesus, to magnify God on our behalf and just, just, just love him while you're there with him. And Lord, we thank you and we're praying even those that are looking in from the outside that your spirit would touch them. Have your way, Lord. You say, where two or more gathered in your name, there will be in the midst of us. And Lord, we are gathered in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Watch over the kids while they're out. Let them be safe. Place your angels all around them. And Lord, have your way now as we go into the world. And you use your servant, Paul, to instruct the Corinthian church. Lord, we love you. We praise you. I thank you for Brother Million, how you strengthened him already. And I thank you, Lord, the works that you've done in Greg, even though we don't agree with his behavior. But, Lord, we know that you love this man. And we thank you for the answer prayer of Christine. We thank you for Peru. And so there's nothing to worry about. And your sister, Lord, who loves you with all your heart, Lord. And you're reminded us in your word how beautiful is the death of the saints in your sight. And, Lord, death is just a vehicle to bring your children home to you. Lord, send revival into our land. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need the Holy Ghost to pour out upon high springs and upon our country. We need a revival, Lord. And we're asking, Lord, not for your hand of judgment, for that will destroy us, O God. But by your mercy and your grace, Jesus, we're asking that you bring revival, that thousands upon thousands of souls will be saved, and that your children will walk in holiness. Have your way now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, shall I let it rock and roll?
at verse 1. As God fellow you have been fellow God, and the word fellow means that you're in partnership with God. Okay? And he said, who will also urge you not to receive his grace and will what does your Bible say? What does your Bible say? What does your Bible say? Huh? You've got the grace of God and nothing is happening in your life. When you get saved, people need to see the difference. Unless you lie, right? Okay? So, as God fellow workers, we also urge you not to receive his grace. Okay? Grace is God's what? God's favor upon your life. And remember, that's what the angel told us when our Lord was born, when he was singing to those shepherds in that field that night. And it says, peace on earth and goodwill. Did you know what the rest of that verse says in Luke? To whom God favors. So you just don't get something for nothing from God. God has to favor you. Okay? You don't bust up in the courtroom of God or the throne room of God and say, here I am, give me a dose. <laughs> and then that's it? Well, well you have very little knowledge and understanding then of who the one true God is. You have a very little knowledge and understanding of who his son Jesus is. Because in the night in which he was betrayed, he told those apostles, he said, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and to produce fruit. That means you got to make a difference when you're saved. Somewhere, somehow. And that your fruit must remain. So it's not a temporary thing. That means every time someone gets saved under your preaching, your teaching of the gospel, guess what happens? That person is saved for eternity. It's not a temporary salvation. Okay? When the Lord Jesus Christ does a work in a person, he's not doing it for a temporary thing. The cross was not a temporary event. Jesus Christ also, under the grace of his Father, did what? Went to the cross. He did something with the grace that God had in him. It did not lie dormant. He made a difference in the human race. Okay? Verse 2, for he says, at the acceptable time I have heard you. That means God says, I got my ears open. In the day of salvation I helped you. What is this saying? That means when the gospel is preached, when the Holy Spirit is pulling on somebody's life, it's time to change. 
It's time for your life not to remain the same. Some stuff got to be uprooted in you. There has to be a separation of the old and the new. That means Jesus is doing some stuff in your life. When God sends the Spirit to you, that is the acceptable time. That is the day of salvation. And God says, and, and let me tell you something, and, and the reason why I love the way this was written, because as a Jew, what happened to their fathers in Egypt? What did God go and do with them? See, our English, we have a difficult time grasping. The day of salvation came, the night in which the blood was applied to the doorpost and to the lintel. And the death angel rolled down into Egypt and broke the backbone of Egypt and set God's people what? Free. That was the day of salvation for ancient Israel. Which was symbolic of Jesus coming by his blood and setting us free from the bondage of sin. The day of salvation. Jesus said, I have helped you. So that's why I told you all, if you'd have been listening to me in my overview earlier, I told you this chapter is going to point out whether or not you're really sold. And you're able to tell those around you who are supposed to be professing Christ if they are really saved. And what the world is going to say to you if you're judging, it's written. It's written. Y'all didn't know y'all were going to get this tonight, did you? It's written. Shall I scroll it down? I mean, put it up. So. So we try not to put obstacles on anyone's path. Anyway, don't blame me if you don't submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because I'm not going to make it difficult for you to respond to the gospel. Okay? There's his mama. Oh, she's looking the other way. But anyway, I'm not going to be responsible for your downfall. I'm going to do everything I can to make it possible for you to get here to hear the gospel. And we've been doing that. You don't know how many hundreds of people have lied to God by lying to me and saying, well, I'll do that for you. I'm not the one that's the standing block for them. You are not the standing block for them. How many times have you invited people to come and they told you they're coming and do what? Don't show up. Is that your fault? Did you go and shoot their tires out? No. Did you go and put some kind of other obstacle or barrier in their way so that they would not come? No, you didn't. So we try not to put obstacles in anyone's path so that no one can find fault with the work we do. All right? So as we go out back and forth, preaching and teaching the gospel, we don't make excuses for people, nor do we allow stumbling blocks to get in the way of people. We go forth in the name of Jesus, and we allow the gospel to flow freely. And some of the things that we do to help people, here, we give them rides, we give them food, we help them get 
It's good seeing you, big brother. God bless you, sister. And so, God says, here to on the contrary, we try to convey ourselves in every way as workers of God by continually enduring trouble. Now, here is the gospel truth. Sometimes you don't feel good, but you go and you teach a Bible class. Sometimes you don't feel good, but you go and do other ministry things, other ministry activities that Paul, by the Holy Ghost, talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know those ministries that's listed that people don't like to think, oh, you're not a church because you're not in a so-called church setting. You're just a ministry. All right? But guess what? Those are works of God. And God's people who are doing those works suffer real hardship at times. You know how many times we made sure the bills got paid here, but our own bills didn't get paid? Hmm? We suffer hardship. Calamities. What are calamities? I'm sick as a dog. And I would get up and preach or teach, and my heart would flutter. You've seen me do this, right? But I never say a mumbling word to any of you all. If it's in my heart, either I'm praying to Jesus, or I say, okay, you're taking it, I'm going right, right, doing your will. Okay? I don't know what you're feeling when you come in here, but yet you're cleaning this building from top to bottom. Or I don't know how you're feeling when you're counting them keys and the Holy Ghost is rolling off them keys while you're praying. I mean the power of the Spirit, not the Holy Ghost rolling off. But I don't know what you're feeling when you walk through that door. I don't know if somebody has made you mad or you're just so exhausted that you don't feel like being here, but you're here anyway. Okay? So calamities comes in different shapes and sizes. Beatings. I haven't been drugging the street and beat yet. But these brothers had. You remember the last time I preached? What did they do to Paul? They stoned him. Oh, she got it. She remembered. And left him for what? Dead. They drug him out in the streets and left him. But when the saints got around him, the Holy Ghost revived him. And he went right back into the city where they stoned him. Go further. Okay? But that's the Lord's doing. And so. To God be the glory. Imprisonment. This brother was jailed so many times. In fact, some of the books that he wrote, he was in jail. This one? Ephesians? Philippians? Maybe he was in the second century. He was actually in the second century. So. This brother is a fool in all this. What is it? That's an excuse. You're inconvenient? Perhaps? People tell me I'm fool. But I don't know if it's not a church or if it's not a church or not. Well, I'm saying. Let's see, how can I put this? The only thing is if they. I don't want one last thing from you all. Are you aware of that? 
but I work like a dog and have for the past six years with this ministry. And you know what? I get more done and not being on man's payroll than I ever did at First Baptist. They worked me like a dog to almost dropped all the time, right, Melissa? Mm -hmm. But never, ever have I experienced the joy in the Holy Ghost like I have since I've been here. Never have I been given the freedom to teach like I do now. And I'm telling you, and to see the power of the Holy Ghost moving through this ministry, and you all are this ministry. Don't forget that. You all are. And to watch Lord Jesus Christ come and let his light shine through you all and touch lives. You don't know how many hundreds of lives or thousands of lives have been touched by Jesus through what you do for him here. Maybe small in number, maybe at times we may think we're insignificant, but let me tell you something, people's lives are touched. People's lives are touched. And you don't have to worry about a paycheck from man because the reward is in heaven. But Paul is going to say some stuff here further. Again, you're getting it from a Jewish point of view. He says here, rides. What's another word for rides? Huh? Yeah, uh, insurrections. No, not rise, riots, right there. Anarchists just seem you just oppose laws. Overworked, lack of sleep and food. We can lend ourselves by our purity. And here's where it is. We can lend ourselves by our purity. What's another word for sexual purity? Say it again. Holy or holiness. We are still the same what Lord Jesus has set us aside to be. That's what holiness is. We're not changing. Because there's a changing world around us. We're going to be steadfast. Recently, we some enemies over there. Why not so? Hey, I'm telling you, I'm being here, I'm against homosexuals and lesbians, but I am not in support of that lifestyle. It is going on in this country. I don't care who here. I don't care who right here. And we're calling it. I do not support the gay agenda. Parent, because my Lord Jesus Christ does not support it. Amen. And the people saying he does, they're lying and they're deceiving themselves. And the truth is not in them, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I said it. Knowledge. Do you know the word of God? Yes. Patience. Oh, anybody in ministry is going to have to be what? Patient. Because do you know who the people going to oppose you the most? Not necessarily unbelievers, but who? Believers. Who opposed Paul? The believing Jews supposed to be. The ones who knew the scriptures. They were the ones who opposed the Apostle Paul and Barnabas them. Who opposed you today? Those who come from other so-called faith or doctrines or denominations. Oh, we don't do that in our church. 
And one of the things that I promised you all that I will keep from you all, and that's what? Denominations. The only thing you'll get in here is what? The Word of God. Because that's the only thing that matters. Man's opinion does not matter to God when it comes to his word, unless it's lining up with the word of God. Okay? Miss Vicky, fight that sleep, baby girl. And I find it hard to believe that a person belonging to Jesus and the spirit of Christ lives in that person and that person is not kind. Because the spirit of Christ is in you does not have that kind of spirit. Does not have that kind of personality. Does not have that kind of attitude. That's why Paul wrote to the Philippians church. Let this mind be in you. One way to translate that too. Let this attitude be in you, which is also in who? Christ Jesus. So you, you want to, as y'all call it, get your kindness on? Follow Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit in Hebrew. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit in Hebrew. That is the name of the Holy Spirit. And we live the miracles of us. The use of spirit in the Holy Spirit. We use the term around in English and say Holy Spirit rather than spirit holy or spirit that is holy. The Hebrew will not say spirit is holy or the spirit is secret. That's really what that means. We translate it as Holy Spirit. Okay? By generous and love, so comfort. Do you really want to do that? Comfort yourself. Yes. Do you like the water? No. But do you really want to do Yes. Very gently, we're going to take him. Very So, once again, it's hard for us to believe that a person is truly a saint. Have us. Saint. A saint will be. If you don't generally love people that you can't stand. You can't love a person <laughs> that gets on your nerves and you want to use a certain word. Oh, come on. <laughs> you got to love them. And truthfulness of speech. What does that mean? You don't manipulate words. You don't put a spin on them. 
taking the truth out of context to get people to follow you or to believe in you or to hurt someone else. You're always speaking the truth. Okay? And once again, so-called, if you have a testimony of Jesus Christ in you, then his truth should always be coming out of your mouth. It should be a part of who you are. It's part of your new DNA. Okay? Truth. Because the one in which the Lord was betrayed in John chapter 17, verse 17, he says, sanctify them in your word. Okay? No, he says, sanctify them in your truth. For your word is truth. So, we just took on a new nature. From the Lord. We took on the nature of truth. So, you're not going to be deceiving people. You're not going to be manipulative. And that's a thing for us for the sex of it. Just think, yeah. We'll just go with it. And by what? By God's power. I told you all the other day, but when I said, when you look at all the time, he said, every place he felt the oil touching him, he could feel his body healing itself. And where the oil stopped, the healing stopped. And I said, well, why didn't you say something to me? He said, I don't know. I should have. Because that was the power of God at work. You're going to watch Jesus, by his name, do amazing things to you. Don't be afraid to do this. Don't be afraid to confront people that the Spirit says demon possessed. Don't be, a, don't be afraid because a person got a certain illness and go, oh my goodness. Oh. No, you stand your toes because it's not you doing the healing, it's Jesus. Be confident in Jesus and you go and you do it. And the Holy Ghost just reminded me the other morning, I wanted to tell y'all that. A few weeks ago, we were expecting a storm to hit us. And I was riding in the van. And I rebuked that storm riding. I said, in the name of Jesus' storm, you will not hit and you will not cause damage here in High Springs. Guess what? The Holy Spirit reminded me of that because I had forgotten about it. He said, did the storm hit? I go, no. So did it cause damage? I said, no. He said, Samuel, the power in the name of Jesus, and you used it, and you may not realize it, but you rebuked the storm, and Jesus responded. I, know. I never even thought about that, but I did. I rebuked it. I rebuked it sharply in the name of Jesus, and it didn't come. I didn't even know that. The same power Elijah had in locking up the heavens, God gave me that day in the name of his son, Jesus. And I didn't even think about it. That's power. Where's my operator? She's AWOL. This is Max Holland Power. Power. What's that? What's that? It's my... The bus, the bus, the okay. So we commend ourselves through our use of righteous weapons. Okay, let's see if we real weapons we shall prosper. prosper. Okay, so
And it said, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against rulers of darkness and spiritual weakness in high places. For the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal, but spiritual and mighty through pulling out of strongholds. And it tells us strongholds of fortresses that takes a hold of the mind and the word of God when it's used properly pull those strongholds down. What was the stronghold in the Bible that we can really get a picture of? The walls around Jericho. Stronghold. And they came up, turn them down. God be the glory. Are y'all getting this? What if oppressing our cause or defending it? Oh, look, I want you to understand this. He said, command ourselves through our use of righteous weapons, which is the word of God. Hear me carefully now. Whether for pressing our cause or defending it. Otherwise, whether we're going out, preaching the gospel, and we're rebuking people that oppose us sharply with the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, rebuke them. God, rebuke them. Lord, have your way with them. Rebuke them, Lord. And allow the Lord to have his way, okay? Now, or you're standing still telling the devil you're defending the cause of Jesus. Oh, you all are homophobia. No, we're not. We're standing on the word of God. The Lord God himself said both in Leviticus and in numerous places of the New Testament that a man should not have sex with a man and a woman should not have a sex with a woman. I'm defending the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got a problem with that? Take it up with him. Because he wrote it. All right? Through being honored and dishonored, Sometimes people are going to dishonor your name. They're going to scandalize your name because who you represent. And sometimes they will honor you because of who you represent. And they'll see the works. What did Jesus say in his first sermon on the mount <coughs> about hiding a bushel basket, hiding a, that lamp on the bushel basket? He said, don't do that. But rather do what, everybody? Place that, 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 that light on a lampstand so it will light what? The whole room. That means let people see what you are doing. And also, he said, be like that house that sitteth upon what? A hill. Why? Because everybody look up. And they see that house. So he said, do your good works before men so that they will glorify your father who is where? In heaven. In heaven. That's honoring God. And when people, when people tell me all the time, oh, brother, you did a good job. I said, give God the glory. Now, every now and then the devil tried to take it away. He said, well, God had to use somebody. And you're just a human hand. I said, God, you're not going to use me. Use the ass. Why do you have to use me? Hello. Operator, you fired. It's 
still fired. Like we say in the army, make provisions for it. <laughs> I'm being a, a little smart butt right now. So, whether somebody honoring you or dishonoring you, you keep going. Whether you're being praised or blamed, okay? Considered deceptive and sincere. Right? Unknown and famous. Do you think anybody out there know us? No. On the grand scheme of things in this country? No. They don't even know we exist. So we're unknown, right? Mm -hmm. And think people in the next county over know us? I don't think so. But you don't stop. Commend means that you encourage yourself to do what? Keep going. Pat yourself on the back. Not in a prideful way, but keep going. Doing the works of Christ. And we commend ourselves as God's workers headed for death. These men, these brothers knew that the end for them would be death. Are you willing to serve God to that point? I've asked the Lord, I said, Father, on that day, I don't want to be a coward if, that, if I'm faced with that. Please allow your spirit to strengthen me so that I won't be a coward. Remember what Lord Jesus told his disciples? He said, some of you, they're going to kick some of you out of the synagogue. And some of you, they're going to murder, thinking they've done God a service. Some are going to deny him too. And he said also, he said, when they bring you before kings and before magistrates, he said, don't worry about what you're going to say on that day or that hour. He said, for the Holy Spirit will speak through you. So there it is. I don't have anything to worry about because on that day, and you don't have anything to worry about. Yet look, we're alive. We're alive. Look at the text. Yet look, we're alive. We're alive. We're alive. That's what you got to be out there showing the world. I'm alive. I'm energetic for Christ. I'm on the move. And I'm conquering and I'm doing. Okay? And I'm being. Where's the church yet? Right now, where's the church at alive? Where's the living church at? Why aren't we being heard? Why aren't we out there proclaiming the name of Jesus wherever we go? Why can't somebody see that? Like the lady this morning, even though she was joking, but really it was an attack on the character of me having a, a voice. Oh, you're always loud. You got that. You're just too loud. No. It's, I said, no, no, no. I said, let me get this straight. I'm not just loud, I'm powerful too. <laughs> All right? So I'm loud and powerful. And so are you. And if not, you better get there. That's right. If a five-month-old can be loud, look, look, look. She's going to be just like a papa. All right? Back to the teaching mode instead of preaching. As punished, yet not killed. In other parts of this world, our brothers and sisters are being tortured for preaching the gospel. 
for being Christians, for professing Christ. They are being killed in northern Iraq right now, in the Kurdish area. ISIS have taken over some of those towns and they're, they're taking, they've killed all the Christian men as they come across them and their women, they're making them marry Muslims and they're also raping them and they're raping their daughters because they're Christians. We are a blessed people. That hasn't happened to us. Okay? Yet not kill as having reason to be sad. There are things that's going to break your heart in ministry. Are you hearing me? Things are going to break your heart. You're going to get sad from certain things. Okay? And it's not necessary that people stacking, stabbing you in the back. Have you ever asked God to show you the results of sin? What it, how it hurts him? How it hurts Lord Jesus? How it's really... Sin tries to undermine the cross. Do you understand what that does to God when a society say to God, we don't want you or your Christ? And we don't want anything to do with you, Jesus freaks? Do you know, do you have an inkling of what that does in the spirit? And how that grieves the spirit? When God's people tolerate that, do you understand that? Sin hurts the heart of God. Sin separates us from God. And unless it's repented of by turning to Jesus, sin will destroy you. And Jesus told us that in John 3, 16, as we know it. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Everlasting life. The word perish can also be translated as destroyed. So whoever believes will not be destroyed, but have everlasting life. Okay? All right, as we're moving forward, many, yet making many people rich, Rich in what? Rich in the, in, in the grace of God. As having nothing, yet having everything. Just because you're poor, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in him, doesn't mean you're poor in the eyes of God. Okay? Material things does not make you rich in the eyes of God. Rich in grace, rich in mercy. That's what makes you rich. And the only way you can get that way is the Son of God must be living in you. Okay? Dear friends in current. Now look how he spelled it out specifically. He spelled it out. Dear friends in current. We have spoken frankly to you. We have opened our hearts wide. Okay? other words, we have revealed ourselves to you. You know what's in our heart. Any constraints you feel has not been imposed by us. Okay? If you feel like somebody is holding you back or preventing you from growing in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
advancing in the gospel is not because of us, Paul's saying. Do you feel like you're holding somebody back? Do you feel like being held back? Do you feel like someone is holding you back? Because if, if you got that feeling, we need to know about it. If I'm the one that you all feel that's holding you back from advancing in the gospel, let me know so that I can repent quickly or get out the way. And that's where all of us should be. We want every person to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost and in the Word of God. Okay? You cannot grow if I'm not give, accurately giving you the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't grow if I'm manipulating you so that you can put a lot of money in the donation box. That doesn't cause people to grow. I'm not going to manipulate you to buy books so that you can buy books and I can gain millions. Only thing I want from you is you to walk closer with the Lord Jesus Christ and for you to submit to the Lordship of Jesus and draw near to God. That's all I want from you. Anything else? Yeah, we'll laugh and eat a dinner and we'll have a hoedown like we had Sunday. And, and folks uh, that's listening to this, hoedown means cowboy party, cowboy style. Okay? Not the way the world thinks it. So dear friends, in current, we have spoken frankly to you. We have opened our hearts wide. Any constraints you fear has not been imposed by us, but by your own inner selves. Your own inner selves. If you've been held back, Paul said, it's not by us, but it's by you. You're holding your own selves back. And I have asked God countless times, Lord, why aren't they coming? We're doing everything we can to teach. We're inviting them to come, but they're not coming. Look up here, verse 13. So just to be fair, I am using the language of children. What does he mean there? He said, I'm giving it to you as simple as I can give it. Open wide your hearts too. In other words, you want to grow? You want to advance forward in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? Open your heart up then. When you open your heart to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit of God, guess what he'll do? He'll take the gospel that he placed in you and he will grow you. And you will grow to mature saints. That's what it's all about. 14. Do not yoke yourselves together in a team with unbelievers. Now that's the part that blew me away the other day. Do not yoke yourselves together with unbelievers. He's not talking about marriage. When you cannot get enough of those who are not saved, he said, stop it. Pick some new friends. Pick some new lifestyles to hang around. Okay? And he meant that. Do not yoke. Do not be join yourselves in a team with unbelievers. For how can righteousness and lawlessness be partners? 
I sat beside a person that had a lifestyle that was in, you know, contrary to the word of God. And I just said, and when that person said, I support what is it called, LGBT or whatever it's called, what is it called? Lesbian, gay, Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, okay, LGBT, I was right. And I said, I don't support it. I don't agree with it, and I'm not going to walk with it. I'm not going to carry that banner. When they asked me to do the prayer for Orlando, I said, don't ask me to put on rainbow colors, because I'm not. Because if you are, I ain't coming. I do not support that lifestyle. I am sorry. In fact, no, I'm not sorry. I stand boldly in my belief in the word of God. I'm just not going to do it. Killing people like that is wrong in the eyes of God. God would deal with the killer for that. But God will also deal with them who were killed for their sins. So don't think God, because God is loving, don't think he's not holy and don't think he's not fair. Because his, his judgment, as the psalmist said, in fact, David wrote Psalm 51 and said, God's judgment are true. Okay. And not two Eves. Okay. And so I'm not making a mockery of people. I'm speaking the truth. Okay. Just like God did not intend me, Samuel Nelson, to go and have sex with another woman outside of my wife, Belinda. God didn't intend for me to do that. That's called adultery. Nor does God allow for sex before marriage. It's called fornication a sexual immorality, which actually in the Hebrew really means illegal sex. Any sex outside of marriage is called illegal sex and a sin. Okay? Or God does not allow for me to go out and steal from you in many ways in which I can even think of to do it or any other kind of foolish things. Okay? So, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Is this spelling it out for you now? What fellowship does light and darkness have together? Or what relationship can there be for the two? Is God going to date the devil? No. Is Jesus Christ friends with Satan? No. Are they going to sit down and have dinner together? No. It's not going to happen. Even though a brief moment Jesus was sitting at the dinner table when the devil... They already have. No, they didn't have dinner together because when Satan entered Judas, <laughs> Jesus told him, he said, what you do, do quickly. And he got on up out of there. Then for a brief, brief moment, they was, yeah, they was at the same dinner table, but they sure didn't sir, you know, uh, yeah, they didn't share fellowship. Day. We're at the dinner table together. So, even Paul says, What in common does demons and, and, and that which is spirit God has in common? And you don't see God sitting at the same table with demons. Paul says that. Going to business together? Yeah. He said, Don't have, he said, Get out of it. Have no fellowship with darkness. Have no fellowship with their lawless deeds. Okay? And what is lawless deeds? 
is when you support it and when you stand in agreement with it. That's lawless deeds. You're in support of it. You are in agreement with it. You are in fellowship with it. Even though you yourself may not be participating in the behavior, but you say, oh, um, even though I'm not that way, even though I'm not gay, uh, I believe it's okay in God's eyes for two people to love each other. Oh, you just played on words, uh, buddy. Yes, it is okay for people to love each other, but not like that in God's eyes. Okay, there's a proper context for it. That's just like I'm saying, it's okay for me to have my girlfriend and, my, go, and then go home to my wife. It should kill you. Uh, yeah, after I wake up dead, okay? <laughs> so, I'll tell you, Miss Nelson ain't having it. I told y'all this story one time, what happened to me in Germany. Melissa was five years old. They were back here in the States, and I was sitting in. Melissa, you remember when I lived in that hotel that y'all visited? You may not remember 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. Anyway, I was down in the lobby. Michael remembered. I was down in the lobby doing my homework because they don't have air conditioning in the rooms. It was actually cooler in the lobby than up in the rooms. I lived on the third floor. Anyway, I went down. I was doing my homework, and this blonde-haired German lady approached me, and she said, you want to go and have some fun? And I get, let me tell you something. She wasn't an ugly lady. She was very beautiful. And she approached me and said, you want to go have some fun? I said, no, ma'am. And I kind of showed her my ring finger when I was saying that. I said, no, ma'am. She said, oh, your wife won't know. She's back in the States. And I said, oh, but someone greater than my wife would know. I said, let me, let me just put it right for you. I'll tell you what. I'll go out with you if these four conditions are met. And she said, what are, what are they? I said, you got to get permission from my God. And you got to call my wife and get permission from her. Then you got to call my two babies, Mike and Melissa, and get permission from them. And then you got to pay all of my bills. She go, you're crazy. I say, that's what's at stake. My relationship with the Lord, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, and you're asking me to lose everything I ever worked for so I can go out and have a few minutes of fun with you. That woman closed the elevator door, and she was out of there. That's what's at stake here, and it's huge. Okay? What harmony can there be between the Messiah and Baal? That's another name for B-A-A-L. Okay? Balaam. Y'all remember him? The false prophet that the king of Moab has sent to curse the children of Israel? Or Numbers chapter 21, I think it is, through 24, 27, something like that. You, you can start reading it. There's several chapters it covers. Uh, so what does Jesus have to do with Baal? In other words, what does Jesus have to do with the devil? Okay. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What do you have in common with an unbeliever? And the answer is nothing. You don't have anything in common. What agreement can there be between the temple of God 
and autos. And y'all looked at some pictures of some of the autos from current last week. So what, what, what agreement is there between them and God, the temple of God? None. So folks, it really is hands-off separation. Okay? And we invest too much time with being buddy-buddy. And I know I am. And the Holy Spirit is knocking me between the eyes with this. He didn't say you couldn't go and love them like he does. He didn't say you can't go and pray for healing for them. He didn't say that you couldn't go and give them food. All right? But don't go and, and develop a relationship with them. Don't go and treat them like you do God. Don't treat them like you do Christ. Okay? And don't hang out to their, when their temples because you will hang out in church. Okay? And what am I talking about their temples? The bars, the clubs. That's the world's. That's the unbeliever's temples. Your temple is the church house, the temple of God. Okay? And as a Jew, you would have understood this language. The temple that was in Jerusalem, he was, he was drawing a picture for him. Are you going to go in the temple of Epidotus? No. Or are you going to hang out in the temple in Jerusalem, the temple of God? Okay? Because what does the two have in agreement? Nothing. I'm just putting it out to you in the modern day times, the best that I know how I can think of clubs, whorehouses, you name it, those things like that. Those are the temples of Baal because they're not the temple of God. Okay? Modern day time, the temple of God is what? The church. And your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. All right? Go ahead, Shelly, scroll on up. For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will house myself in them. And that's the indwelling of what? Holy the Holy Spirit. And I will walk among them. That's fellowship. That's abiding. Okay? That's what Lord Jesus talked about in John chapter 14. I will be their God, and they will be my people. That's also said in Revelation chapter 21. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, the King James Version says. Okay? And I will dwell with them, and I will be their God. He said, they will be my people, and I will be their God. Okay? Pretty simple. I don't know the time. Um, therefore, Adonai says, who's Adonai? The Lord. The Lord from God himself. Okay? Go out from their midst. Come out of the whole houses. Come out of the whole houses. Come out of all of the houses of Baal. Okay? Separate yourself from them and be holy. That's what the Lord separate you. Go out from your list. Separate yourself. Be holy. Lift yourself more unto the Lord. Don't ever touch what is unclean. Okay? We all touch, baby, to have all those idols, right? 
Some were little, some were big, some were really big. Okay, monumental size. And Paul said, look, don't even touch the earth. Stay away from it. Myself will receive you. In fact, I will be your father. And you will be your sons and daughters. It really is hard today to get many people, especially in a situation society like ours, ours that tell you that everything goes and that you can go and do whatever you want to do. And it really is hard. To tell our young Christian sons and daughters to live in such a way that it is. And people are going to say, Why is it isolating to you? And they're not saying it wants to get the child from people. And it's not going to share the gospel with them. They're saying, Don't you live the lifestyle they do? Don't you participate in their deeds? And keep yourself pure, and keep yourself holy, and remember who your God is and work with Him. Because not just your God, it's also your Father. And not just your Father, it's also your Lord. And this is your master. And what did God ever tell you? Okay? It says, Everyone, and so, God is. Any questions? So, saying this from a Jewish perspective, we would know now, you can't go build idols, can't go make idols. You can't go and do in the same ritualistic behavior as they're doing. You have to live a separate life and be separate than the rest of the world. Because God said so. I told you one of the complaints from the ungodly against us is that they can't tell any difference in us than them. Tell your daughters to clean up their clothes. Tell your sons to pull up their pants. Okay? Clean up their language. Watch what they're wearing. I told one of my boys who went on Netflix and were watching the movie yesterday, and I said to him, not only do I not want this 12-year-old watching that, I don't want that in my house, and you as a young Christian man should not be watching that anyway. Keep yourself pure. And folks, I'm going to say this in closing. 
the two greatest defilement avenues for Christians. The two avenues for Christians to become defiled before God is through the eyes and the ears. What you see and what you hear. Because what you see, once it's written on the brains, you can't erase it. What you hear is also transcribed from auditorial to written on your brain. So what you see and hear is going to stick with you. And it defiles your spirit. Okay? And what you do with your hands and your feet, it defiles your flesh. Do y'all understand that? What you do with your hands and your feet defiles your flesh. In other words, your body. But what you see and hear, what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears, that defiles your spirit. Is that making any sense to you? Kind of tough teaching? Maybe. But it's the truth. Any questions? So, the Jews got a powerful letter here from Paul telling them, I understand where you live, but clean it up. Folks in Kern, both Jews and Gentiles, I know where you live, but God said clean it up. Okay? Clean it up. Any questions? I would like to maybe skip next week's one and go directly, but next week's on is ties directly into this one why it's fresh. Because he's in chapter 7, he's really going to hit it home and says, after having these promises, what was that? What he just told you in chapter 6. Let us cleanse, cleanse ourselves from filth of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Shall I put up the next chapter real quick? Just give them a glance, something they can go home and chew on. Then we'll pray and go home. I don't know. I, I guess uh, Tamara, is she going to take everybody home or everybody coming back here? She said she's going to take them home. Chapter 7. I mean, that's what she told me. Yeah, I know. Your, your Bible kind of slow. Your computer, I mean. Okay, right there. Therefore, my dear friends, since we have these promises, mm -hmm. let us purify ourselves from everything that can defile either body or spirit. Remember, you defile the body by the physical things you do. And you defile the spirit by the things you see and hear. Okay? And strive to be completely holy out of reverence or fear for God. Wow. 
So that's what you'll be getting next week. But I wanted to kind of go with John chapter 15. Let's we'll see what the Spirit says. John, John chapter 15. Okay, Christian, pray for us so we can go home. Please. Jesus is Lord. He's the only way in which men can be saved. Salvation does not come any other way, but only through Jesus, the Son of God. Not enough to just believe he is, but you must place your trust in him. Amen.